afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Notre Dame Stadium. Zivikowski trying to get to the outside. He has blockers in front. Time for Zivikowski. Belong to beat. Shakes it off. To the five and touchdown. And now it is down. It is over. And the Irish have knocked off number one Clemson. Brady Quinn looking. Pump fakes. He rolls to the near side. Throws it. It's caught by Samaja. Inside the 20. Inside the 10. He's going in. Notre Dame has scored. Jones is the back. He's got it again. And Jones a letter room. Tony Jones makes a cut. Gets a block. And scores. Is that the play that will seal the playoff bid for Fighting Irish? What's going on? And welcome to another edition of Sons of Saturday Irish. I'm Tyler Rojack. With me as always is Luke Smith. And today, we're here to get you ready for the primetime matchup between the Notre Dame Fighting Irish and the Virginia Cavaliers. Saturday's tilt will take place at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. It's the ESPN Game of the Week, so Herb Street and Chris Fowler will be on the call, and all eyes will be on Notre Dame once again. Um, Here's how Vegas sees the game going down. The Irish are five-and-a-half-point favorites, according to FanDuel, with the over-under at 64, which I'm pretty sure is the highest number for any Notre Dame game all season. Not all that surprising considering Virginia's potent offense, but they're expecting the Irish to pull it out by a score of 35-30, something in that range. This has actually become a pretty trendy upset pick, though. Um, I've seen a lot of people in the college football media landscape pick Virginia to not only cover, but actually pull off the upset at home. So we'll go over all that. Um, We'll break down both sides of the ball, give you some players to look out for on Virginia, and then we'll wrap it up with some predictions. But Luke, before we get into that, I know you've got some family ties in this one, and we actually both have been big supporters of the UVA basketball program at one point or another. Uh, So what can you tell us about that? We have. That's true. I kind of forgot about that run. But yeah, um, I'm very excited for this weekend. I'm actually in D.C. as we're recording this, heading down to Charlottesville tomorrow morning. Um, Should be a lot of fun, but I do have some deep UVA roots. My dad went to law school at Notre Dame um, where he met my mom, but he cut his teeth in undergrad at UVA, and his brother and one of his sisters also graduated from UVA. So I, I've always rooted for the Hoos, particularly in basketball. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited. I, I haven't been to Charlottesville in almost 10 years. I think I've only been to one football game at Scott Stadium ever. It was uh, a loss to Louisiana Tech in 2012. But what Wait, I remember about that game. you were the Notre Dame game in 2015? Now, my, my mom wouldn't let me go because it was like one of my first weeks of college. So I had to adjust, even though I had been adjusting to Notre Dame my entire life. So I don't really know what that was about. Um, so, yeah, uh, that game in 2012 was the only time I've been for, to a game there. I remember that was kind of my introduction to Southern hospitality, like guys wearing button downs and girls wearing dresses to games. And also all the students left at halftime, even though UVA was up at halftime, they just blew it later in the game. That was just kind of like a, a bizarre concept to me. But I'm, I'm excited to get back and, and walk around both campus and downtown. It's, it's a beautiful area. Just something special about these campuses down here in, in November when it's just, you know, really beautiful fall weather, whether it's UVA, UNC, or, or Duke. So it's awesome. I, I've only seen, I guess, two Notre Dame UVA football games in my lifetime, and both have been pretty recent, 2015, 2019. So thankfully haven't had many conflicts of interest, but obviously all in on the Irish this week. I'm a bit excited for the weekend. Yeah, you mentioned those two games. Both times, UVA gave Notre Dame some fits. I mean, in 2015, Notre Dame scored with 12 seconds left on that famous play from Kaiser to Fuller. Very close to losing that one after Malik Zaire went down earlier in that game with a broken ankle. And then in 2019, Virginia was actually leading at half, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? They were. Yeah. 
And then in the second half, Notre Dame's defensive line just simply took over, caused some sacks and some forced fumbles. Then they, they ran away. But in the past, Virginia has been a problem, despite the fact that historically speaking, the football program hasn't been that great. But that run we mentioned at the top, to give you a little context, basically it was the year after Virginia had just lost in the first round, Virginia basketball, lost in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Who did they lose to? What was the team? Their Twitter is still active, but like it's the only thing they're relevant for. University of Maryland, Baltimore County. They're very obnoxious. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, UMBC. Anyway, they lost the following year. I do one bracket, but joined a bunch of polls, and I was just like, you know what? I'd watched a lot of college basketball the year. I was like, I'm picking Virginia. And I texted Luke beforehand. I was like, hey, I'm riding on the who's this this run. And it turned out to be one of the most fun <laughs> times I've ever had. Definitely the most success I've ever had gambling on anything, poker, sports, anything. And it was I was just a, a full-blown Virginia fan for a month. I actually bought a shirt after. So there's a little bit of ties, but certainly no conflict of interest in this one. Um, as I mentioned, some people are picking Virginia, and I know you have some thoughts about that. So It's just very confusing to me why they are, um, especially when you just kind of follow the logic like that they seem to be employing. All of the four experts at the athletic, gambling experts, that is, picked Virginia to cover, which... I don't really get why at all. But then again, all the like half those guys are below 500 on the year and the other best records like 41 and 39. So they kind of suck at gambling. Um, <laughs> Ari Wasserman might be the biggest waste of a, of a writer of all time. I can't stand that guy. I think he's picked against the Irish probably every week. Speaking of which, Stuart Mandel, who I am blocked by on Twitter, uh, also picked Virginia to win outright. He also thinks Kyle Hamilton's playing. So that makes him stupid for a couple of reasons. One, Kyle <laughs> Hamilton is not playing. Two, Brennan Armstrong has broken ribs. He didn't really touch about that at all. And he also, thinking Hamilton was playing, picked Virginia to score 45 points. I think Notre Dame's let up over 35 once in Hamilton's career when he's playing. So uh, maybe just do like a minute of research. I don't know. Um, you know, it also made me feel better. I'm, like I said, I'm in D.C. I don't really watch any like ESPN, but buddies I'm staying with have it on. And uh, they had Michael Wilbon and Kevin Blackestone on yesterday, who I don't think have watched college football ever. And they were saying UVA was going to beat Notre Dame outright. I don't think they could name a player on either team. So that was great. We also had Ralph Russo saying, well, Notre Dame's going to have another loss. So it's going to be a moot point in terms of the college football playoff. Tell me who that loss is to. I, I just, I don't get it. Like maybe they like forgot that Armstrong is hurt. And even if he does play, he's not going to be close to 100%. Also, that Virginia still has some baffling losses, and their defense is horrific. Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, But I, I don't know. I guess that's just a Notre Dame thing. Yeah, it seems like people are just predicting Notre Dame to lose, not necessarily based on any merit, just assuming chaos. And don't get me wrong. like There's definitely a way I could see Notre Dame losing this game. And if people had just made the point that, hey, Notre Dame is without their best player, safety Kyle Hamilton, at a position where they're already kind of weak. And Virginia is a pass-happy team that sort of plays into that. And Notre Dame is going to have to outscore them. And they just lost their second-best receiver for the season. If that was the justification for picking Virginia to win, if that's what they're saying, I'd actually understand that. I'd be like, okay, nobody's talking about it. Yeah, but that's not what's happening. They're just like, oh, well, Notre Dame is just going to blow it. But... At the same time, Notre Dame has the longest consecutive streak of wins against unranked opponents. So assuming they're just going to just flip up and get in their own way, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I understand picking Notre Dame to lose. I don't understand the logic that a lot of people are using. But 
we've been here before in this case with Notre Dame, people picking them to just basically just misstep and, and blow a game that they should win. But again, Virginia does have some talent. They don't have talent on the defensive side. Um, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, I can. And I'm actually looking at this right now. Uh, Virginia has one win against a top 10 team all time. <laughs> Who was it? Florida State in 2005. And I actually can tell you where I was watching that game. I was watching it at Outback Steakhouse in Mishawaka. Um, so I do remember that game. Marquise Higgins was the quarterback. But yeah, they have not done it since. So um, there's that for you. But yeah, their defense, um, they're bad. Um, it's pretty <laughs> strange. Because when you think of Bronco Mendenhall, at least I do, I think a defense, um, like his defenses at BYU are always pretty solid. His first two teams at UVA were pretty solid on D2, but now that's just not the case. Um, they're 105th in FEI, 82nd in SP+, 110th in points per drive, 116th in yards per play, and 120th in EPA per play. Um, if I have to point out one thing that they're not horrible at, it's actually red zone defense ranking uh, 24th nationally in red zone touchdown percentage. And, you know, given Notre Dame's struggles at times scoring touchdowns in the red zone, this may bear worth watching. However, with their susceptibility to the big play and specifically the big run, that might not even end up mattering because I think Notre Dame might just score on some big plays. The run defense is atrocious. Um, 122nd in average uh, yards, uh, 118th in stuff rates, and they give up 5.72 yards per carry, which is good for 123rd in the country. They got gashed by UNC, Louisville, Georgia Tech, and BYU on the ground. They've allowed 22 runs at 20 yards or more. That's good for 126th nationally, and um, I think Kyron Williams is going to have quite a day, and maybe Chris Tyree and maybe Logan Diggs will too. Yeah, I didn't even know there were 126 teams in the country. I think there's like 130. <laughs> that's pretty that's pretty unbelievably low. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I expect Kyron Williams. I think he's gonna get over two hundred rushing yards. Would that be the first time he's done it? Yeah, it would be because hundred ninety five against uh UNC is his career high. Right. And he was super close to getting over two hundred and was pretty pissed that he didn't. Yeah, I think he's gonna break off some big ones. I like to see Chris Tyree and Tyree's from Virginia, right? He is. Yeah. He, um, I don't think he ever was, Virginia was ever really a player in his recruitment. Virginia Tech might have been for a little bit, but not seriously. But he is from Virginia. Yeah. So Virginia Tech was involved a little bit. Um, it'd be cool if he sort of burst out back at home. He's been sidelined due to the turf toe injury for the past couple of games, played a little bit last week. But yeah, he'll probably get some touches this week, especially with Avery Davis out for the season, as we've mentioned. It sounds like Lorenzo Styles is going to play that slot. We talked about that a little bit in our last podcast, but offensively, how big of a loss do you think that Avery Davis is going to be in this game specifically? Do you think Andy is still going to have any problems scoring the ball, or should they move basically as good if he had been out there? I mean, I don't think it'll be an issue, but that's not a slight to Avery Davis. I think that they didn't use Avery Davis enough when he was playing. He was open a lot, and they just didn't give him the ball. Um, I thought, I mean, I thought, obviously, you, you pointed it out last episode. He played more snaps than anybody not named Michael Mayer or an offensive lineman, but I think they'll be fine. Um, I mean, their defense, it's bad. Like, they only have 11 sacks on the year. They're 80th nationally in yards per passing attempt. Um kind of a heavy zone team. So, you know, maybe we can find some holes in that zone. Like there just like, aren't many guys that are even nameable on this defense. Like I'll say Joey Blount, probably the best player they got safety. 
defensive end. Uh, Alonzo is his last name, Mandy Alonzo. He's okay, but other than that, like it's just what they've made a living off of Bronco Mendenhall and his staff is a bunch of two and three star recruits that have all hit. And this current roster defensively has not hit. Um, and that's the issue they got right now. Yeah. Cause he's a pretty good recruiter and there's a lot of talent in that DMV area, but you're right. It just hasn't really worked out for him lately. And offensively for Notre Dame, I I'm with you. I don't think the Avery Davis uh, loss is going to matter all that much in this one. We've said Tommy Reese is going to have to be a little bit more creative, but as long as Notre Dame is able to run the ball in first and second down and getting themselves into third and short situations, I think they'll be fine because what has given Notre Dame some struggles since they resorted to this hurry-up RPO heavy offense is when the defense is able to drop eight. Navy did that quite a bit. When that happened, Cone looked a little bit lost. He wasn't able to read the defense as well. He wasn't making quick reads and quick throws as much. So if they can run the ball in first and second down and get into third and short situations or second and short, Notre Dame should have a field day offensively. They should be able to break open some big plays. And uh, I think they'll be able to put up 40. Is that about the range you're expecting? Yeah, I mean, I fully expect it. Um, I think pretty much almost everybody's put up 40 on UVA. I mean, BYU put up 66 on them. So um, I'm not worried about scoring points. That's a good point. And to be honest, they're going to have to score points because as bad as Virginia might be defensively, they're actually really, really good on offense. And look, they're going to get their yards. They are first in the country in yards per game at 545 yards, and they're fourth in yards per play. They average 7.18 yards per play, and they're 10th in points per drive. So when they get the ball, they're moving it, and most of the time they capitalize with touchdowns. Now, I will say that they have not played a defense like Notre Dame at all this year. And I went through opponent by opponent, see what uh, their defense was like. In scoring defense, the best opponent Virginia has played is Illinois. Uh, at 32nd, Illinois wow. has given up 21.6 points per game. After that, you've got North Carolina. They're 111th. And then Wake, Miami, and Louisville, they're 75th, 95th, and 74th. Duke's 116. Georgia Tech is 87th. And BYU is 61. They haven't played a single team in the top 60 in opponent yards per play allowed. So they've been beating up on some pretty terrible defenses. Now, again, they are good. It sounds like Brandon Armstrong is going to play. People seem very confident he's going to play. And even though he might not be 100%, it does remind me a little bit of when Ian Book broke his ribs against Northwestern in 2018. Finished the game, although Brandon Armstrong was not able to finish the game against BYU. Once he got hurt, he was out. And it was ugly. Yeah. And then Book missed the following game against Florida State and then played against Syracuse two weeks after the injury occurred, played pretty well, did not run the ball nearly as much, but he was effective through the air. Now, the thing with Brennan Armstrong is he's basically their second leading rusher. In terms of attempts, uh, Brennan Armstrong leads the team with 81, but some of those are sacks. And then not counting runs, I think he averages 6.4 carries a game. Their leading runner is Wayne Tula Papa, I probably got that wrong. Anyway, he's had 55 carries for 290 yards. So part of their running game is Brendan Armstrong being effective on the ground. With broken ribs, I don't know how he's going to be able to do that. But he can sling the ball through the air. So I actually do think he's going to play on offense, though. I guess if there's one weak spot, they're 46 in the country in red zone scoring offense. Sometimes that doesn't matter because they score in a lot of big plays. But they've only scored touchdowns on 31 out of 47 red zone trips. If Notre Dame is going to win this game... They're going to have to really shut them down in the red zone and not give up touchdowns and try to limit the big plays as much as possible. I know that's a tall ask, especially considering Marcus Freeman. 
I'm guessing is going to be a lot more aggressive to try to create these turnovers. Virginia has 13 on the year. They're actually minus 0.33 in turnover margin, which is 101st in the country. But I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that their defense is just so bad and they can't force any turnovers. But how do you see things going on that side of the ball? It's interesting. Um, obviously, Brennan Armstrong's talented. I really don't think he's going to be very healthy. I, I just don't. I, I don't buy that. He hasn't. Yeah, you're practiced. very confident he's not going to play. I think he's no, no, no. I think fine. he might play. He hasn't practiced though. That means something. Like he's clearly not healthy. He's and he takes one hit from Isaiah Foskey. He's done. So I don't really get why people just assume they're going to put up points. Here's another thing. You know, there are four quarterbacks in the Power Five this year who have accounted for 3,000 total yards in 28 uh, t- touchdowns. You know who those four are? I would guess Bryce Young, him, Sam Howell. Nope. Who? <laughs> Sam Howell, Kenny Pickett, Brennan Armstrong, Sam Hartman. Maybe ACC defenses just suck. I, I think that's probably – you said the best defense they played all year is Illinois. I mean – I think we're giving this offense a little bit too much credit. They're good. Don't get me right, wrong, but they're not that good. I, I, they have not seen a defense close to Notre Dame's. So I, I just like don't think enough stock is being put into that. I, 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 also, I've grown up watching Virginia my whole life. Like I know how they play in these games. They don't play well in these games. <laughs> That's true. You actually have seen probably more than most any of our listeners. They do have some good players outside of Brent, Brennan Armstrong. Uh, Dontavion Wicks is basically their Will Fuller type receiver because he averages 23 yards per reception. Then Rashawn Henry is averaging 17.6, but literally like half of Wicks's catches are over 20 plus yards. So they're going to send him deep a lot. And Kadeon Thompson is big. He played, he's like six, four, but plays in the slot. Used and to be QB. Yeah. Used to be QB. He's pretty talented. So even though, even without Armstrong, there's certainly guys on the outside that Notre Dame is going to have to account for. Without Hamilton, let's just be honest, that, that's a big loss. And how Notre Dame approaches this is going to be tough. We saw against North Carolina a couple defensive breakdowns where guys just, I mean, that one touchdown on the left sideline, that North Carolina receiver was wide open by about like 30 yards. That just simply can't happen against this team. Hopefully, now that they've had a couple games without him, even though they played Navy last week and it was totally different, hopefully they can improve upon that North Carolina game because it was rough. And then another thing we have to consider is that, like pretty much every other Notre Dame opponent this season, Virginia is coming off a bye. So they've had some time to game plan against this defense, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit worried about what's going to happen in the secondary considering Notre Dame is going to be in dime set a lot. So we're going to see Ramon Henderson and, you know, five, maybe, well, maybe not six without Hamilton, but probably five DBs on the field at once. Some guys who haven't played a whole lot of football. Notre Dame could be susceptible there. You brought up Ian Buck's injury. As you recall, when he came back in that Virginia game, his accuracy was very off. Um, I expect the same from Armstrong if he plays. Uh, I Like, I watched that happen live, and he literally is running off the field saying, it's broken. Like, he, it was a bad hit. I just... I don't get why people just assume he's going to be good. He hasn't practiced. Like, that means something. He's not practiced. The way that Mendenhall framed it, too, was we're going to give him every minute possible to get back to 100%. That sounds like a guy who's not healthy at all. So I, I just, I don't get it. Um, I, I just, it's really crazy to me. I, I, I don't see this as like, oh, it's UVA. They're going to put up a lot of points. It's UVA playing Notre Dame, not like some crap ACC team. Like, I just, it bothers me. I, I don't get it. Like, put put some thought into this. I, I get it. Their offense is good. It's good. It's It has not seen anything like this, and this isn't even a very good Notre Dame defense. 
but it's just, I, I don't know. I, I get just kind of annoyed. Um, I've, I've seen UVA play my whole life, like I said, and I know how these games go for them. They don't go well. Um, I, I'm just not worried. Like I've never once thought they're going to lose to Virginia. Um, I, at one point, maybe a couple weeks ago, I thought, okay, that game could be interesting. But then I actually watched Virginia play a couple more times. And it's that defense, man. It's bad. Like I, I get you're arguing about the offense right now, but I just it doesn't really worry me that much, especially if they get to Armstrong early. And if Armstrong doesn't play or doesn't end the game, it's going to get ugly. Yeah. So you said you've watched Virginia fears. What can we expect from a, a night game in uh, Scott Stadium? How's the crowd going to be? They don't play a lot of them. Um, to be honest with you, I bet it's like eighty percent Notre Dame fans. Um, I actually saw some tweets from UVA writers speculating that that would probably be the case too. It's going to be a heavy Notre Dame crowd. Um, there's a lot of alums in the DC area, obviously from Notre Dame. And I mean, people at UVA are already focused on basketball, which is unfortunate because they did just lose the Navy in their opener. So, uh, it might be a rough year for Tony Bennett's guys, but I, I don't know. Um, I, yeah, like I, like I said, I've only been to, I think the one game, but I watch a lot of them, but I, I've, I don't really remember them playing a lot of night games, so it'll be interesting. Um, I'm excited to be there, but you know, maybe if they were seven and two and ranked, it could be really raucous, but they're six and three and they did just let up 66 points the last time out. So that's tough. Um, They also control their own destiny in the ACC. Still, if they win their next two games or in the ACC championship game, you know, it's it's interesting. I've heard some speculation or thoughts like, why don't they just hold Armstrong out and get him healthy for those ACC games? And I guess in theory, like, that makes sense to me. But, like, this is where just the conference thing, I have a total disconnect with. Because I'm like, why would, you, why would you ever care about going to the Orange Bowl when you have the opportunity to beat Notre Dame? Like, why would you sit him out? That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know how you feel about that, but that just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to us, I think, just because we're not in a conference. And I think that the Notre Dame game to them is more like a one-off. Like they'd be obviously super excited to win, but winning a ACC championship is something that might carry over. You could put a banner up about that and you could use that a little bit more in recruiting. So I kind of get where they're coming from. Like that does mean something to them. It doesn't mean something to us for reasons we've mentioned at length on this podcast before, but I guess I could kind of see that. I will say though with Virginia, maybe an element that people aren't discussing, but they should is the test of will of the student body. You mentioned early on that students typically leave at halftime of these games. Are they even physically capable to handle a whole day of drinking and then make it to the game? So maybe That's by a good game point. time, all the students will be gassed, and then pretty much it'll be all Notre Dame fans in the crowd. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's funny you say that, actually, because um, I'm driving down to Charlottesville tomorrow morning with our buddy Dylan Voland, who's from the suburbs of D.C., and him and I were talking last week at the Navy game, like, yeah, if both of us, if we didn't get into Notre Dame, both of us were going to go to UVA. And it would have been a drastically different college experience. Um, and he was saying, like, yeah, like it would have been one of those things where all your friends would have pretended like they like basketball, but they don't really care about basketball. Like nobody at UVA really cares about sports. Now, obviously, there are some exceptions. I think my family members that went there are probably exceptions to that, but it's a totally different vibe than Notre Dame. Um, and yeah, that's a good point. I don't know how many students we're going to see on the, on the, uh, on the lawn or not the lawn, the hill, the lawn is where they streak on campus. The hill is in the one end zone where that dead guy was after the Will Fuller catch. Um, but, um, I I don't know. It'll be interesting to see kind of how they hold up. Okay. I'm looking at, uh, vividseats.com. 
What do you think is the cheapest ticket you could get in with uh, for this game? Just off the top of your head. $45. Lower. $13. 27 You could get upper deck end zone for 27 Now, if you want to sit behind the Notre Dame bench on the lower level, you're looking at 250 300 minimum. That's not that bad, though. Yeah, I mean, for a Notre Dame game right behind the bench. But then if you look on the other side, in the home sideline, tickets are going for like 50 bucks, and that same seat on the opposite end is going for like 75 So you could tell that there's Notre Dame fans here. They're going to be there. They're going to be showing out. Yeah, I think I'm like up in the corner of the end zone. It's the shitty away seats that we always get, so... Yeah. I mean, Notre Dame hasn't really played a lot of road games. The last one they played was actually in Virginia against Virginia Tech. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, this is only the second time, I've, and it's going to be the last, and, unless we go to the playoff. This is only the second time I've flown for this team this year, and the last time was Labor Day. So it's been a while, because um, I did not, I, w- I wasn't able to make it to Virginia Tech. I had some work stuff come up, and I was like, wow. Like When I got on my flight to D.C., and I've been, like I said, I've been working here the last couple of days, when I got, I'm like, wow, I haven't gotten on a plane in a while. It's kind of unusual for the fall. Yeah, I'll actually be at the Stanford game, but that's drivable. So yeah. Notre Dame's actually played a couple common opponents. Well, they're going to play Georgia Tech, who Virginia has already played. Virginia won that game 48-40. to um, Early on in the season, their third game, Virginia lost to North Carolina 59-39. to That's a ton. And then that Awake Forest defense that just gave up, what, 58 to North Carolina? They actually beat... Virginia, Wake Forest did, 37-17. to 17. So that potent offense was actually shut down for a game against Wake Forest, who just gave up 58 to um, North Carolina. So it seems like this game, I could pretty much see anything happen. If Notre Dame were to blow them out, I wouldn't be too surprised. If they won a really tight game, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. And if they somehow got tripped up and lost, like, given how the season has gone, that wouldn't shock me either. I would be surprised, but not like totally blown away. The only thing would be a blowout um, by Virginia, and I, I just don't really see that happening. But I think that's a good way to get into s- score predictions. What are you thinking this weekend? So I have two scores here. Um, conditional? It's really dependent on Brennan Armstrong and like if he if he's you know stays playing the whole game. If he doesn't play or he's out early, I'm going Notre Dame 42, UVA 17. Um, if he does play and plays through the game, I'm saying Notre Dame 42, UVA 31. Um, without him, they just really, really struggle offensively. Like I said, I watched that BYU game. It was just gross after he went out. Obviously, they've had two weeks to prepare in case he can't go, but it's like kind of like a wildcat. Like it, it, They can't throw the ball. Um, he's their best running back, too, like you said. So it's not only that he's prolific through the air, but he's he gets the ground game going. And even if he does play, I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that since considering he has you know broken ribs. Um but I, I just think it's going to be a long night for the Virginia defense. Uh, I'm seeing big games for Kyron, Lorenzo, and Braden Lindsay. And uh, I think the Irish move to 9-1 and one on a beautiful night in Charlottesville. Braden Lindsay getting some love. I think he's got his opportunities here um, in this game. Um, him and Lorenzo Styles on the field at the same time could be good. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I hope so, man. I feel like he's had, he's had some close plays this year. Obviously, he had the touchdown against Cincinnati. That was great. But other than that... Haven't seen a whole lot of them. Um, I'm going 38-34 Notre Dame. Um, I think Armstrong's going to play. And even if he's not 100%, I think he's good enough to put a scare in the Irish defense, given the talent around him and Notre Dame's weaknesses in the secondary without Kyle Hamilton. That being said, though, I'm with you. I don't see any way Virginia's defense can shut down Notre Dame's offense, mostly because of Kyron Williams. I think franchise is going to eclipse 200 yards for the first time in his career. And when you can run the ball like that, 
and keep their offense off the field, you can control the game. And I believe Notre Dame's defense is going to come up big with a couple turnovers, and that's going to be enough to lift the Irish to a close victory. So, uh, yeah, give me 38-34 Notre Dame. That's close. Not a cover. Uh, yeah, I not, don't really get cover. that, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you are so down on this team that you have history with, but you got any more final thoughts on this one? No, excited to get down there. Uh, should be a fun weekend in Charlottesville, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. Let's uh, let's keep this pipe dream of the playoff somewhat afloat. That's true. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the game on Saturday. We'll be back on Tuesday to discuss everything that went down. And until then, please rate, review, and subscribe, and hit us up on social media at Sons of Sat Irish. We'll talk to you Tuesday. Thank you.